this week's Torah portion is an interesting one as we prepare for the next generation to take over. We see that both in the Torah reading and the Haftorah where Moses and both Elijah are preparing to pass the reins. And that's something that's very hard for people to do. You know, as our movement, when I got in it in the early, I guess, what would have been early, late 80s, early 90s, we had a lot of the original rabbis, and we still have a lot of them, but guess what? They're a lot older now. And you're starting to see the next generation come up. And for some congregations, I'm going to be honest, they're not prepared. Because they haven't followed the rule that God gave us. The scripture is very clear. We need to mentor. We need to lift up that next generation. Not to be mini-me's. Some of you will get that. Not to be duplicates of us but to learn from us so that they can take over. You know, we see in this week's Torah portion where Moses was told to anoint Joshua. And then he was taken away, or soon to be, right? Elijah, the same thing. And some would say, well, but they didn't have time to mentor that next leader. But in reality, they did. Even Rabbi Shaul shows us in Acts how he prepared those future leaders. And it doesn't just be in our leadership. It's in our day-to-day life as well, too. We need to prepare that next generation. And the best way to do that, the best way to mentor is to let them Come beside you. You know, one thing my father taught me when I was growing up, and many families have Jewish businesses, and my dad said, before you come and work in our business, you need to go, or, or your own business, he goes, you need to go and work for someone else in that industry. And I thought that was interesting. Why would I want to go work for someone else if I had an easy job right here, Right? But what he said is, go and learn off of someone else's money. Make your mistakes that you're going to make on other people's money so that when you do it yourself, you're not going to make that mistake. And that always stuck with me. I always tell people when they come to work with me, I say, I don't mind you making mistakes. I mind you making the same mistakes over and over again. Because then you're not learning. See, it's okay to make a mistake. Matter of fact, we usually learn our best when we make mistakes. How many of y'all realize that? That's when we learn. But if we keep making the same mistake over and over again, we haven't learned anything. And so this week's Torah portion deals with preparing that next generation. You know, in, in my wholesale my flipping business for the houses I have a gentleman who works for me 
and he's been working with me now a long enough time that he jokes around. Says, oh, I already know what you told me. You know, he would come and give me a review of what he did, and he'll, and he'll literally say, I already know what you're going to say because I already said that too. And see, that's good because he already is realizing what I'm looking for. But to take that leadership to the next step, it's then you have to implement what works for you. So you, it's not enough just to imitate the previous leader. You know, so many people, when you see people come out, oh, I can't fill that person's shoes, he shouldn't have left his shoes behind. Because as a leader, you need to be able to lead your own way. I remember when I started getting into the, into the ministry and, and I was getting ready to do my first sermon. At least the rabbi thought it was my first sermon. I'd actually done a couple already. But I had never done any under his authority. And he pulled me into his office and he goes, I'm going to teach you how I do my sermons. And as an eager young person, I was ready to do it. And this particular person, he highlighted different colors of his... He typed out everything he was going to say. And he highlighted in different markers different things so he could emphasize and do. And me being the good pupil said, I'll do that. Yeah, I'm going to try that. And I'm going to be honest. I tried doing that, and that just wasn't me. And I remember doing my first sermon that way, because that's what I was told to do. And I remember him pulling me aside afterwards. And he said, that didn't go too well. And I went, no, it did not. And he asked me why. I said, I said, while this system works great for you, I have no doubt on it. I see it. That's not me. And fortunately, this rabbi had wisdom to instead of insisting that I do it his way, he allowed me to do it my way. My next sermon was a lot better. Now, I've even evolved over time. You all see all the notes I have written down now. There's pages upon pages upon pages. God has given me a gift where I don't need to have paper in front of me. But that doesn't work for everybody. Ask Judy, when she comes to give a message, she has to have everything written down. But that works for her. See, we can't assume that just wait because it works for me, then it's going to work for you. You're going to find your own way. I remember when we started Congregation Beth Yeshua down in Macon. And we told the leaders, we had prayed about it, about starting the congregation down there. And we said, we're going to start it, but we're not your permanent leader. There's going to be a time that God calls us to step away. And I remember after doing it, probably about a year and a half, we started feeling that call. Congregation had grown. It was doing great financially. It was in good shape. And we started looking for the next rabbi. We actually started bringing in guest speakers. We didn't tell them we were looking for a, a new rabbi. Because we wanted to see how they were going to be just how they are. And I remember after having several rabbis, some that I thought was the, they were the person in my mind. 
when I got up there, it just wasn't there. We had one gentleman come up, and I, and I want to say within the first two minutes, before he even preached, God spoke to me. He said, there's your man. He gave us, he just, he captivated the members. Afterwards, we approached him about it. He said, you've got to be crazy. He prayed about it and said, God is, he felt, this guy was coming from, now, he was coming from sunny Florida on the beach. Why would he want to go to Macon, Georgia? All right? The whole opposite for Terry. <laughs> right? To Macon, there is no beach. I know you're from Macon. You know what I'm, where's the closest beach, Kenny, in, to Macon, Georgia? Lake Lanier, that's, that's up this way, right? He prayed about it. He said, yes, they're going to do it. He said, but we had to sell our house first. This is when the housing market down in Florida was very tough. It was going to take months, we figured, to sell. He put his sign out on the yard. One hour later, that house was under contract. When he came up, I prayed over him, and that was it. I was off the board. I was, I was no longer in leadership there. It was his to take to the next level. And I can honestly say, he, he, does he do it different than me? Yes, he does. But he's got a very strong congregation. They got their own building. God knew what he wanted. We brought a level there. Now, it was interesting, a group that, like the old way, broke off from that group. And I helped them start their congregation. And guess what? They have a great congregation down there as well. But we need to be willing to, to cut the ties. We're there when they need us. You want advice? I'm here to help. But it's your baby now. And that's what was happening with Moses. He was getting ready. God had called him to do a point. He was to take the people out of, the, out of Egypt, bring them through the wilderness. Originally, God's plan was what? To have Moses take them into the promised land. But Moses made a mistake. Had to pay a big price. See, that whole generation had an issue. They wanted it how it used to be. But we need to not look in the past. We need to look towards the future. And that's what God calls us to do. He brought them to that point. He got to look over and see that land. But Joshua got to bring them in. Had Joshua learned from Moses? Absolutely. He had been his assistant for years. But guess what? There's going to be things that Joshua's going to have to learn to do that Moses never encountered. But we have to be able to learn from our mentors. You know, I've been very blessed. As I tell people, I, I was under two of the best leaders in the Messianic movement. As a congregational leader, 
and how to, to grow and, and lead a congregation, Robert Solomon was one of the best. Do I agree with everything he did? Absolutely not. But I don't agree with everything I do either, so it's okay. See, we learn the things that we should do and the things that we shouldn't do. And that's okay. And then I had a double blessing because not only did I get to learn about congregations, but I got to learn how to evangelize, how to do outreaches, how to reach the masses. I've gotten to see the book of Acts relived before my very eyes. I have seen thousands of Jewish people in one day come to know the Lord. I'm not talking about reading it in the book of Acts, people. I'm talking about seeing it in person. And not in one place, but multiple places. I got to learn from Rabbi Jonathan Burnus. Still a very dear friend today. But he also realized that I had to learn on my own. I'll never forget this. I mentioned this to y'all before. When we did our festival down in Rosario, Argentina, it was the first festival ever outside of the former Soviet Union. Now, Jonathan will tell you that he'd had a number of people that he'd mentored over the years who helped with these events, but none of them ever tried to do what Jonathan did. And frankly, I wasn't looking to do what Jonathan did. God told me to do it. He only told me to do one, and I really think it was to get Jonathan to take his vision that started in the former Soviet Union to spread it around the world, which he has continued to do. But I'll never forget that first day after our first festival night. It did not go as planned. It, it, I had a plan. I had, a, I had everything down to a science, right? If it worked in Russia, it would have to work here, right? It made sense. See, in Russia, when we would go to take, make people to make decisions, we would pass out cards and pencils, and we had buckets to collect them with. And it worked great that way. But in Argentina, when we brought the buckets down, because remember, this was a free event. People thought we were going to be taking up an offering. They started getting up and walking out. The message had also gone a little long. The, the rabbi that we brought out, you know, Rabbi Solomon had, was the first night speaking. And again, I was supposed to follow what he did. Even though I had done these festivals before, we had worked with him. We said, follow, you know, if you have an interpreter... And you have 30 minutes to speak. How many minutes do you have to speak? 15, right? Maybe, you know, if they were able to be, and this one was really good, so he could do it that quick. So we had to remind him that. Well, and, and one thing that I've learned, you know, in America we have a lot of slang, and we like to tell jokes. But it doesn't, our jokes don't work well when you convert it to Spanish. There's just something about it. Right? They just don't connect. It must be the verb placement or something. And so we said, no jokes, no slang. Oh, I got it. 
first night, it was, it was tough. And I remember going to him and saying, it, it, I had to go to my boss. Remember, right? He's the senior rabbi. and said, that didn't exactly work how, to, how it was supposed to. And he reluctantly, I'll be honest, said to me, well, then you just do it the way you want to do it. Because I was going to be on the next night. And I remember that day, because I already had a message written out. It was like his. And God gave me a message. As we were driving our people around town, we were taking them to, we were still doing TV interviews and things like that. But I wanted to step back before that. That night, we were in a big restaurant. We were celebrating the dinner with everyone. We brought about 200 people from the U.S., and we had those from Argentina. And... I know you're going to be shocked, but I was depressed. Because the things had gone wrong. We had planned these things, and it's worked before. Why wasn't it working now? And I still don't know to this day how Jonathan got my cell phone. We had a cell phone down there, but it wasn't you know, my cell phone here in the States. And my phone rang at that right. I can tell you where I was in the restaurant. That's how much of a memory it is. And it was Jonathan. And he goes, how did it go? And I said, you do not want to know. And I started telling him what, was happen what happened. And instead of being discouraged, he gave me words of wisdom. He said, that's why we always did the first night on an off night. Now, go bring your team back together. Figure out what needs to be done right and go and do it. And that night we did it. We changed things around to make sure we wouldn't have any problems. And as we're driving around, God starts giving me this message. And I'm writing it down. And I get there, and I remember handing it to Judy. And said, just and if you ever seen my handwriting, it ain't good. I use the word ain't correctly. It ain't good. I have some people who see my handwriting shaking their heads, going, he ain't, good. He, he ain't lying. I said, just give me the outline. I didn't have time to rehearse this. I just got to go out there and do it. And we saw a move of God. And literally hundreds stood to accept the Lord. The message I found out later was exactly 30 minutes interpreted everything. But see, that was putting the trust in God. That's one thing that I've learned and Judy has learned in ministry. We might have a plan, but God has the solution. And we can't be afraid to step aside. We can't be afraid that if someone comes along and they're better than us, that we're not ready to give the reins over. I took that making congregation to a point. The next rabbi took it even farther. And that's what we're supposed to do. Even in our life, we need to prepare and train that next generation. And you know what? The best way to do it is to let them try. Get out there. 
You're going to make mistakes. That's okay. I want you to make mistakes. Because that's what makes us a better leader. Because when we can say we've been there and done that and got that t-shirt, that's what makes us stronger. I'll never forget, after a number of years, the Lord had put in my heart to go back to work with the ministry at one of the things Jonathan was doing to go to India, of all places. And this town in India was on the far, just a little out remote, remote city on top of a mountain. And God said, I want you to go. And to be honest, my ego was a little bit in the way. See, I had done these things already, right? I knew how to put these festivals on. Jonathan knew I knew how to put these festivals on. There was no question on it. And I remember when the Lord put on my heart to tell, ask Jonathan, for, what can I do? Jonathan was glad to have me on the tour. He put me over transportation. Ooh. I was excited. I'm being honest with you. And I remember getting on the plane, and I did something that I normally didn't do. I actually raised money, extra money, to, to go business class. The reason why I did that is if you ever fly to India, it's a very long flight. And if you've ever been on a festival with Jonathan, you hit the ground running. In fact, you, before you hit the ground, you're already running. Because what he, the work that he does, the devil doesn't like it. And trust me, you have a plan A, B, C, and D, and you go with F or G is what ends up happening. And so I knew I had to be well-rested because when I hit that ground, we were getting ready to go. We land, and uh, we start having issues right there at the airport. And I remember this young girl who was in charge. And she starts going and calling off people's names, and she calls mine off. I said, by the way, if you need any help, you know, I'll be glad to help out. Figuring that Jonathan had pulled them around and told them the tales of the adventures of us early pioneers in the festival movement, the times when we were almost arrested, put in jail, you know, the, the, the adventures that we did, it had to be these great tales like you see the pirates do around the table, right? Or the soldiers after they've gone to war. She didn't know who I was. And I just sat there. And of course, then an issue came up. And I finally jumped in. And fortunately, after a little while, she realized I kind of knew what I was doing. And it helped out. Matter of fact, the, the second day of the event where we, we were having to fly in, I've told the story before. I, I remember talking to her and saying, I know what Jonathan would do. She was worried about how do you, you know, what about the finances? I knew, I knew Jonathan and I, I said, that's not what he's worried about. He's worried about making sure these people are taken care of. And it helped ease her problem. 
when I got there and Jonathan saw that I was there, he pulled me aside and he said, thanks for all your help. I knew you would take care of it. But she was still in charge. I didn't take over. See, sometimes we need to let the people do and us just be the coach, the sideline. And that's tough for us. Especially if you're like me with a type A++ personality. I am like a bull in a china shop. I'm ready. Just let me take over. But you see, we have to learn to step back. I was, I'll still never forget. God had told me when the reason why he wanted me to go to India was I was going to speak at the synagogue there, the traditional synagogue. Never even mentioned it to Jonathan. I knew God was, in, God was going to make it happen. I didn't have to tell Jonathan anything. And I remember sitting in that office after a miracle had taken place. And yes, I was doing transportation. It was so easy. I'm going, Lord, why am I doing transportation? This is the easiest thing. Now, I've done transportation for Jonathan in the past. But that was taking a whole bus system larger than the city's bus system and organizing it to get people where they needed to get to after the festivals. That I could do. This was basically, okay, this group needs to go there at this time. This group, no big deal. But when Jonathan got that phone call that the synagogue wanted someone to speak, I told Jonathan, I'm your man. And I went. We need to be ready to do what God calls us to do. Sometimes it's being the head person. Sometimes it's being the head of transportation. But God's plan is always bigger. Rabbi Shaul had taught that next generation. He prepared us to be able to do the service we're doing. The disciples today, of, I mean of yesterday, gave us the ability for us to do what we need to do today. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Natalie had picked up, there's a new Disney, you know, Disney Plus channel. Have you all seen this? Have you got, y'all got it yet? All right, you got to watch, there's a thing called, Imagine, I think it's called Imagineering. It's a mini-series, and it's basically how it starts you off with the brothers and takes you to modern-day times and how the company has changed through the good times and the bad. And it's amazing to see how when that leadership changed, what happened to the company. And when it was done wrong, everything hurt. But when that next group came in and took it back to the right direction, how the company has flourished. I really encourage you to watch it. Very interesting. But it teaches us a lot as well. It teaches us to know that we need to prepare our future generations. 
People ask us, why do we encourage people? When someone says, Rabbi, I have this, the Lord gave me this vision to do this ministry. And our response is, great. When do you want to start? Oh, no, Rabbi, I'm not supposed to be the leader. Yes, you are. Don't be afraid. But I might mess up. That's okay. You will. Don't be afraid. So when God puts something on your heart, go with it. Learn. Get a mentor. But guess what? You're going to have to do it your way too. For some of you, it's going to be writing everything down. For others, it's, it's bullet points. That's what I used to do. I was a bullet point person. And one day, God just said, forget the paper. I'm going to give it to you. I truly believe it's a gift. God will, I, I can read something and God just puts a story in place for me. That's not for everyone. Not everyone can do that. Sometimes God puts a message on me and then says, guess what? You're not doing it. Someone else is going to give a message. And you know what? I'm excited when, that, when God does that. If you ever notice, when we have guest speakers, I always say, you're going to hear my best message ever today. Because I believe that that's what we're supposed to do. You know, there's going to come a time where I'm going to retire. But God's going to bring up that next person. And we're going to mentor them and bring them and prepare them. And sometimes God brings up people and they start their own congregation. They, and that's great too. We've helped plant a number of congregations. And that's exciting. Because it shows us that God, shows us that God's work through us is working through others as well. You know, I think we're the only, I think we're probably one of the only congregations right now that have gone back to having services live in Atlanta. You know what? We were always one of those congregations that was always on the edge. We were the first, we were the first Messianic congregation anywhere in the U.S., around the world, that had their own app, the Beth Adonai app. No one else had that. When people started doing live streaming, they had one camera. We, we, we jumped in with like three or four right from the beginning. We've always been on the edge. Because we're not afraid to make a mistake. Sometimes we trip and fall. Other times we rise above. And that's what makes the great leaders, is those who trip and get right back up. Moses wasn't perfect, was he? King David wasn't perfect, was he? None of us are perfect. But the difference is we're willing to say, oops, I made a mistake. Let's try it this way now. So I want to encourage you as we see God, move in a mighty way. 
through this times that we're living in. And I wish I had a crystal ball to tell you what was going to happen. Filiana's laughing. She knows where that line came from. But you know what? We don't need to know what the future is yet because we can make the future change. We don't need someone to give us a vision because we have God to follow. And when we listen to Him and that still small voice to tell us to go this way or that way. That's the journey that we're on to get us into our promised land. It's just listening to that still small voice and not trying to figure out all these other ways, but trust in Him. He will get you through those trying times. And that's what we need today. Y'all are real quiet on me. Got a lot of serious looks. I ain't seen no smiles on my end either. I think this is one of those deep messages. Sometimes we need those deep messages, don't we? We can have those feel-good messages, and I can smile up here and tell you everything's just going to be good. Life is wonderful. Guess what? There's trials and tribulations we have to go through in life. But with God on our side, if He is with us, who can be against us? And that's what we have to live off of. Trust in the Lord. Because no weapon formed against you shall prosper, says the Lord. Those are words we can stand on. We're going to get through this worldly mess. And we're going to get through to the promised land. And we're going to see the land filled with not only milk and honey, but new salvations. People looking for the truth. And that's what we're called to be. I want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. Abba, Father, as we come before you right now, Lord, as we've broken down these four walls and have reached the world with your message, Lord, we thank you for giving us this opportunity. Lord, we want to continue to do your work and your will. Lord, let us be able to guide that next generation. Lead them so that they may one day lead us. Teach them your ways. But Lord, let them be able to also develop their own way of doing things according to your will. We ask this in your son Yeshua's name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen.